everyone, I'm Jill Bloom, publisher of Roofing Contractor, Walls and Ceilings and Building Enclosure, and welcome to a special Q&A with Thea Dudley, the owner of Pocket Protectors. And again, thank you for watching, whether you're listening on podcast or watching on video. We've got a lot of great things to talk about today with Thea. So welcome, Thea. We're excited to have you here. Well, thanks, Jill. I'm glad to be back. I always enjoy getting to spend some time with you. Well, you know, there's a lot... There's so much that the contractor needs to learn and to understand, and you've got some really great insight. So one of the things we were just talking about is, you know, contractors seem to hit some roadblocks sometimes when it comes to how to ask for the money. And, you know, can you just take, take it from there? There's so, there's so much to explain. So how do they ask for the money? Well, you know, that's usually, they, they have a great time asking for the sale. I mean, they're, they're so confident in talking about, you know, what their, their services and what they do and, and what they can do for you and how, how they can make your, your project better, whether it's, you know, your home or commercial project. And then they get down to the financial part of it. And suddenly it's like you, you, you've suddenly lost your voice or they think it's, you know, talking about it's dirty or, or you know, it, it's a little sorted. And if you don't get paid, I mean, look, I want to... I'd like to think I'm more of a philanthropist, but you know, I have bills to pay. And so unless you're out there being Habitat for Humanity, you got to know how to ask for that money and how to secure it. So being able to have those conversations and, and ask for the money and lay out how the, the payment terms go and what that's going to look like is, is a critical component. And a lot of contractors and a lot of the roofing guys just miss the mark on it. So what's, so what do you recommend? Like what does, how, how does, how should the flow of that go? Well, a couple of things, you know, on your proposal, like if you're dealing with a homeowner, your proposal should clearly outline what that looks like. Are, you know, how do you expect to be paid? Are you doing a third, a third and a third? Are you doing, you know, half down? Are you doing all down? Are, you know, what are you doing? And I always recommend that you get at least materials and labor paid for up front before you even put material in the driveway. Because, you know, when that happens, you know, you're already invested in the job. It's already out there to move. All that stuff is going to cost you money. You want to make sure that that homeowner's invested as well. And on commercial projects, you know, did you, did you take a step if you don't have a credit application and you're strictly going all by contract or proposal work, did you check out who you're doing business with? And that's a biggie, which, you know, leads right into mechanics, lien rights. Are you securing those? And the, the amount of pushback from contractors is amazing. They just are so uncomfortable bringing that up because I mean, I don't know whether anyone's never taught them the verbiage where it's like, honey, it's really easy. You just go up there and go, listen, this is good for you and for me. And let me tell you why. So is that something that they talk about like at the beginning of the contract? Like, hey, if you don't pay me, I'm going to put a lien on your property. It seems a little, it seems a little confrontational. Like a homeowner or, you know, whatever, even if it's a commercial job, but still... We're going to want to throw some sugar on it. Yeah. <laughs> throw some sugar on it. That's a little too harsh. Yeah. Well, just, you know, thanks for the sale, but. <laughs> but I, I never want someone to get a preliminary lien notice and not know that it was coming, but I want to explain to them what it is. It's like, look, if, if we're going to, to do this, this work and, you know, contractors should be more comfortable with it because it should be part of their average, you know, everyday, you know, conversation, even though it, it's not. And some guys push back on it. But hey, let me let me talk to you a little bit about our terms. You know, here's how the payment flows. This is what we expect. Um, we do want to let you know, full disclosure, we secure our lien rights. Let me explain to you what that means if, you, if you're not comfortable with that. And then you tell them why it's good for them and good for you. 
And once you walk people through that, it, it does make it more comfortable. If you just say, look, well, look, my guy, if you didn't pay me, I'm going to, I'm going to lean you so hard. You're going to hate it. That, that makes them want to move on. But if you explain to them why it's a good thing for them, Hey, I'm going to put this, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not recorded anywhere. It's just very comfortable for both of us. It gives you the ability to ask for a lien waiver, which just goes to, to prove that, Hey, I paid everybody. I was supposed to, you have that, that comfort level that I won't be able to put a lien out here. We all go home happy. So so this mechanics lien is something that's is talked about up front, but why is it good for the homeowner or the or the building owner? Yeah, it's good for the building owner or the homeowner because again, you get to know who's on your job. So say I'm, you know, um, I'm Thea the roofer and I'm out there and I, I'm doing a project and I'm buying materials from XYZ company and maybe I don't pay them. Right. And, you know, I go ahead and take your money. You know, I go down the road and suddenly you get a lien placed on your property because the material supplier did secure their lien rights. So now you've got this lien out there. Well, had you known about lien rights and homeowners run this all the time? I, I end up having a lot of questions from, you know, different homeowners and especially in my neighborhood because they, they know what I do for a living. And they come out and ask, you know, how did this happen? How were they able to place a lien? I didn't sign anything with them. And it's like, well, it's, it's legislation driven. So it, it doesn't have to have any, anything behind it except I performed material or labor or delivered materials to the project. And I, I did the steps necessary to secure those rights. So this is how this rolls out. So, you know, unfortunately it can leave you vulnerable, but if, if you're a, a contractor or a homeowner, this enables you to know who's on your project and then you can get lien waivers from them. So that, that cushions you from any unpleasant surprises. Got it. So if I'm a homeowner and I have hired a contractor and let's say that situation went south and I had to fire that contractor. And all of a sudden I get a lien. Uh, I get a, a what, do, what do some paperwork that says there's a lien on my property because the drywallers weren't paid. Um, well, a couple of things. It's only if, if I'm the roofer, I can only secure it for, you know, what I did, the labor or materials I supplied. So anybody else on the project, they had to take care of their own stuff. So if, if the if a drywaller, you know, puts a lien on there, they can't come back on me as the roofer. It's, it's just for whatever trade. Um, so that's, that's one part of it, but you're also helping educate your customers where you're like, look, if you're building a house, you know, spec without a GC, you're acting as your own GC or, you know, on some residential re-roof. Now, not all projects, like a lot of, in a lot of states, residential re-roof doesn't allow for a mechanics lien to be put on it, but you want to make sure that you're explaining your terms up front and how that's going to be paid. And if you can leverage mechanics liens, you always should. Mm -hmm. But again, you want to lay the groundwork. So when, when you're talking about your terms and conditions, when you're talking to a customer, think of them as the rules of the game, rules of engagement. You know, sure. this is what I'm doing on the roof. And then here's how I expect to be paid. This is what you can expect from me. And here's what I'm expecting from you. And here's so what's going to happen if you don't pay me. Got it. So let's let's move on and say that the, that that building owner or that homeowner hasn't paid, and now the contractor does need to put a lien on that property. Um, is he all because they've already talked about it? Is all that paperwork in place, or how does that work at that point? 
depending on what state you're in, because lien laws are legislative driven. So every state's a little bit different. Okay. So what you end up having to do is some states require, like Arizona has a preliminary 20 day lien notice. So within 20 days um, of having performed the labor or dropped off the material, I have to serve some sort of a notice saying, hey, I did this, I've secured my rights. And some states you don't have to, you just have to, you know, hey, here's what I did. Here's the time frame that I'm able to, to file my lien in. And then you go to the county court and you file your lien and that, that ends up being recorded and placed on the property. Some states require you to use a um, con or a attorney. So, you know, my recommendation is always go through a lien service. I don't wanna take that kind of, of responsibility. I wanna make sure that I'm dealing with a company that can do it that has an errors and omissions policy. So if something goes wrong, I can go, I gave you all the right information. How'd you guys manage to muck this up? Got it. So uh, basically, so uh, tell me, so what would be like the top two things, a contractor, whether I'm a drywaller from walls and ceilings or whether I'm a roofer on a roofing contractor, like what, what are the top two things I need to include in my contracts in the beginning? I, you know, I, if you're going to go at them from the first way out, clearly state the terms. Okay. Clear, clearly state what your terms are, you know, whether if it's COD and what that means, like, hey, let's say I'm an insulation guy and I have my trucks and my crew on the road. I need to know the day before. So if my cutoff is 2 p.m. to have my truck scheduled for the next day, then I need to make sure that I clearly spell out, listen, um, COD customers need to have, you know, some form of payment, whether it's check or credit card in our offices or in our payment portal by 2 p.m. the day before the schedule. You, you have to be very clear because if you leave a lot of wiggle room, that's where things go off the rails. So it's very clear of what's going to happen because your, your crews don't care if you didn't get paid. They know that if, if they go out there, it's hard for me as a credit manager to stop that job going out because those crews want to get paid. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. So really, it just sounds like uh, when you're dealing with all the details of, of the job and closing the sale is just sharing your terms up front mm -hmm. and making it very clear with that homeowner or the building owner uh, exactly what you expect. And know who you're doing business with, you know, especially... Um, you know, it's, it's not so bad when it's a homeowner and you're getting money up front mm -hmm. and you've got that spelled out that way. It, it gets a little dicey when you're dealing with, you know, contractor to contractor. That's where a lot of contractors make their miss. They're so excited to get that contractor, that proposal back that it's like, hey, we won the job. It's like, well, yay. You know, that guy doesn't pay anybody, right? You know that he's, every project he's been on has been leaned and you're just going to be another body in his graveyard. Yeah, that sounds scary. It, it, that's because you're, I, I want it to be scary because you're, that's your money. That's your profit. And the more money, not only are you out the labor and materials, mm -hmm. um, you, now you have to go chase him down and you're probably spending money to recoup that money if you can. And, and that's where, had you done just a little bit of, of, you know, preventative maintenance, you could have avoided all that. So are there some customers, even let's say you even already have a signed contract and a deposit, but you, you know, you, or you find out that this person has had, like you just said, multiple liens against their property and you might be another body in the graveyard. Is there anything you can do at that point to back out of, back out of the contract? Depends on what your contract says. Depends okay. on, on what wiggle room you have. So you really need to make sure when you're laying those out, what exactly the contract says. And, you know, that's the other part of, of doing your stuff up front. 
make sure that you're reading those contracts and you're reading them in detail. And even if it says don't cross anything out, I just go ahead and cross it out anyway. And it's like, here, listen, I might not cross it out, but I'm going to put an, a little, little asterisk and then I'm going to make a separate page and go, I don't like paragraph 47 and here's what it says. And what does this mean? And if you have to, if you can't explain it to me or we have to work that hard to figure out what it meant, then maybe it needs to be reworded clearly or it shouldn't be in there. Because if you can't explain it and I don't understand it, it's not staying. I got it. It makes total sense. Well, there is no doubt when it comes to running your credit department, that is totally your expertise. Hopefully everyone that's watching has been able to take a little nugget of information back. If you have any questions for Thea, Thea, how do people get a hold of you? Um, just give me, uh, just pop onto my webpage, um, Pocket Protectors LLC. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn under Thea Dudley or The Credit Overlord. And my book released last month, uh, The Credit Overlord's Guide to Credit and Collections in the Construction and Building Materials Industry. That is so exciting. And can they buy that book on your website? They can buy it on Amazon. On Amazon. Well, that's awesome. Very nice. And hey, well, you know, something else I forgot to mention. I do believe you're going to be speaking at Best of Success coming up in September. And what can contractors look forward to hearing about? Oh, we're going to have so much fun with that because I have managed to convince three very cool contractors in our industry to um, let themselves kind of be open to uh, a discussion about all things credit and sales and collections and running your business, you know, with that whole cash flow component. And, you know, that's, again, it's, it's a conversation about contractors, cash flow and credit. Without cash flow, you don't have a business. We all need cash flow, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Thea, thank you again so much for your time and those nuggets of great information. If anybody has any questions for me, you can reach me at wconline.com or roofingcontractor.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free e-magazines, our free e-newsletters. It's free to register for our website. So you always get great notifications when we're doing some interviews with incredibly smart people that know their credit like Thea Dudley of Pocket Protectors. And please stay safe and healthy. We look forward to seeing you next time.